Fires, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people. You are in the place everybody wants to be. You know it. You love it. It's Victory Lane. We had a new first-timer in 2019 visit there this past weekend at New Hampshire Motor Speedway and got a pretty exciting finish to boot. Plus, K&M Pro Series in action this past weekend and this upcoming weekend. Pocono and Iowa in a fire paint scheme, by the way. We got, still got no intro, so Diego, I'm still very disappointed in you, but for now, we will just have the little vroom vroom. Foxwoods Resorts Casino 301 from New Hampshire Motor Speedway. The PJ1 was fun. It made the racing better, wound up having a few different lanes, and a heck of a finish, I'd say so. Let's fast forward to the end. About 35 or so laps to go. Caution comes out. Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers stay out on the racetrack with old tires. Eric Jones is the other guy to do that with the number four team. Denny Hamlin pits along with the rest of the field, but he takes two tires. Some people behind him took four, but tires were not meaning a lot during most of the day. So you're figuring, all right, let's see how long Harvick's going to be able to hold the lead until Hamlin starts to inevitably reel him in, right? Well... Denny didn't really reel him in until the last few laps, so let's get to the last lap. Denny ends up moving Kevin up the racetrack in turn one. You're thinking, uh-oh, it's a wrap here. But Harvick maintains the lead down the backstretch. He goes low in turn four because he wanted to control where Denny was going to go coming off of turn four, and he did that. He got up into his left front quarter panel coming off of turn four. Slight contact, nothing dirty, just roughed him up a tad just to make sure, for safekeeping. And Kevin Harvick was able to claim the checkered flag off of turn four to the start-finish line. His first win of the season, I believe 35th, no, 46th of his Cup Series career. It was a very, very entertaining final few laps. So let's ask Kevin, walk us through those last couple laps and what caused Denny Hamlin to close in after you had about a half-second or so lead. Well, the lap cars were right in the middle of the groove. Um... With three laps to go, you know, there was four of them that were just, you know, just right where I wanted to be. So I had to do something, and I didn't want to lose momentum, and, and I was hoping that, you know, you could catch a break. And, and, you know, as soon as I got to him, the front of my car just didn't turn as well, and, and that's really where his uh, tire deficit or my, our tire deficit showed, showed up um, in clean air. You know, we were, you know, where we needed to be and, and you know, ran faster than we had run all day. So... Um, you know, the, the, the thing that it comes down to is the call that Rodney made and, and putting us in control of the race. Uh, we got a good restart and, you know, just the lap cars uh, didn't didn't play out for us. And, and some of the, the choices that I made allowed that gap to go away. And then it was defense from from there. Did Kevin expect Denny to take a, a bit more of an aggressive maneuver on him besides what he did in turns one and two? You know, for, for me. Um, I knew that he was close enough that he was going to take a shot and, you know, as soon as he got the opportunity. And um, I knew I didn't need to be in the third lane. Um, I knew he was going to try to, you know, 
go through the middle lane and just try to get into the left rear and get me out into the fourth lane, and there's just no grip out there. So I knew uh, going in the corner, I'm like, I'm going down here. He's going to hit me. I just need to survive the hit. Um, and luckily I timed it. I got lucky in timing it so that as soon as he hit me, I was on the brakes and was able to keep the car straight, slow his momentum down. He got up beside me. And then at that point, I was half throttle coming off the corner. I'm like, you know, it, it, at that point, you want to you have the, the last shot, you know, going into, into turn three. And he let off a bunch. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I'll take the bottom here and, and just, uh, um, you know, I, I, I didn't know what he was going to do from there. When as soon as I saw him, I just kind of let the car have its head. And, you know, he got into the right rear quarter panel. And I was coming up at the same time to try to, to block. And it knocked the front end out from underneath his car. And, and we were able to, to drive up off the corner. So uh, it turned into a wild finish, um, you know, just honestly, because it just, I, couldn't, I didn't get through the lap cars, navigating the lap cars well enough um, in the groove that I was running. I had to do something different. And, um, you know, our car was just at a little bit of a deficit there, you know, once we got to dirty air. Exciting moment for me. I got to ask a question in the presser, which was honestly somewhat nerve-wracking because if you know anything about me, you know why. No, it's not because I'm scared of Kevin. It's the, the homies know. I'll, ju- I'll just put it at that. But it was fun. Uh, and I also got to ask Keelan a question as well. It was, he had a cute answer. Davey Siegel with Front Stretch. So, Kevin, on the initial restart, did you think you were sitting duck? And then once you got out to about half a second lead, but then Denny started creeping in on you, did you think that it was over at that point? And what was your mindset once he Yeah, he never really crept in on me. You know, we were able to, you know, to kind of maintain four tenths to six tenths, maybe down to three. Um, you know, and then he made a big mistake there with like three or four laps to go. And, you know, he got back far enough to where he had some cleaner air and, and got back to about the same gap. And I just didn't want to. I didn't want to make big mistakes. I didn't want to just, you know, miss the miss the entry. I just needed to hit my marks on entry and get the car rotated. And I really thought we would be we would be fine if it wasn't if it wasn't for the for the lap traffic. But I thought we were sitting duck. Yes. Um, but you know, I, I knew our car was good, and I just didn't know what would happen after 35 laps on the tires. But we ran, you know, almost two tenths faster than we had run all day. So that's. That's why sometimes you just have to suck it up from the driver's compartment, and they they make the call, and and sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong, and today it was today it was right because he put us in control of the restart, and and really the key to that whole that whole sequence of things was I didn't have to race the 20. Um, I got a good jump on the restart. The 20 and the 11 got me that racing side by side, got me that four to six tenth gap. And it pretty much stayed there. And, um, you know, and as soon as we ran four or five laps, my confidence level went way up just because of the, the lap times the car was running and, and I could drive it in the corner further and let off the brakes more and everything just got better. So he knew that the car was better than, than I thought it was. And, um, you know, the, the only thing that, that really worried me was when Kyle shot by me early in the race on those two tires. And, and so, you know, we just we needed to just get through the, the first two laps, and uh, we were able to do that. What did this little guy think of the lobster? What did it taste like? It didn't taste good. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not love Keelan, honestly? Uh, Kevin also talked about a change in the mindset of racing in general nowadays because he said earlier in the week, if you race like you race today about 10 or so years ago, you get punched in the face after every single race. I just told him, I said, we were leaving on a tow truck or winning the race today. So, you know, I, I think it's just that point in, in the way that racing is now. You, you, um, you know, with all the 
chances that you have to take, and, and whether it's from strategy or blocking or pushing somebody out of the way. I mean, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. I feel like I did what I was supposed to do to, to try to win the race. Or just, you know, when you're in position, you you just have to lay it all out there and see what happens. And today we came out on the right side of it, so I don't have to worry about what would have happened. This is Kevin's third win in the last five races here at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Fourth of his career, which ties him for the most all-time with Jeff Burton. How about that, being good company with the mayor up in the Northeast? It's turning out to be one of his better racetracks performance-wise. I mean, it is kind of similar to Phoenix, so maybe we shouldn't be super surprised. But I kind of am. Yeah, this place has has been really good to us, and I think Rodney and I probably feel like we should have could have should have could have won them all. Um, but it's been a, a racetrack that that um, you know has been here's it right here uh, has been has been really good uh, for us from a performance standpoint. And I think um, you know from a confidence standpoint, coming here this weekend, um, being able to adjust on the car and and you know know what we're looking for i think this is this is definitely a racetrack where a lot of those things came into play and used a lot of the same things that that we've that we've used in the past as far as tools of of how we make our car go around the corner so uh, there was a lot more relevant this weekend to the things that, that we've done over the past few years and still very different um but you know i think um you know obviously it's been a it's been a great racetrack for us last one from kevin here what is he going to do with the lobster keelan seems like uh a one-man wrecking crew from what we heard right here and from what Kevin told us about the last lobster that they got last year. Unfortunately, in our house, um, things wind up getting broken. <laughs> the last one turned into a, into a bicycle ramp because the lobster got destroyed. So that's, I don't know who wrecked it. But it, at one point, we had a claw that we were taking to the Smith's house, chasing Miss Cassie around with it. She didn't, she didn't think it was as funny as we did, but we had broke it at that point. We, we tried to have fun with it. So. Um, so we broke one. There was no recovery on that one, was there? So we, we, had, to, we had to take him off, and, we, and, it, and it turned into a skate or a bicycle ramp. Ronnie Childers, he's the crew chief, the one that made the call to stay out. But he thought that this call was going to go against him because he actually said earlier in the press conference that these races are the hardest to call in his entire career. But he did this one pretty well. Yeah, the guys that were leading the race, I was really surprised that they that they pitted. Um, yeah, when we went green with 80 to go, we had already decided that if there's another caution, we're not going to pit unless we get shuffled back to eighth or ninth and we can maybe put some tires on and drive back up through there. But... Um, when I told him to stay out, I honestly thought we would restart somewhere in the first two rows. And then everybody pulled in, and we were, we're sitting there, the leader, when, I, when he comes into sight. And I'm like, what in the world? But, uh, but anyway, you know, it, you just don't ever know when that's going to work out. Um, you know, I felt like we had a good car the whole race. And, um, you know, any time we could get clean air or, or far enough back from somebody, he was faster than anybody on the racetrack all day long. And then, you know, every time we would run somebody down and get within, you know, five, six car lengths of them, we would slow down two or three tenths a lap. So, um, you know, the, the clean air was, was huge today. And uh, honestly, like he said, it was all about getting a, a good restart, uh, the 11 and the 20 kind of racing each other for a couple laps and getting out there. And, and um, it seemed like after four or five laps, the tires would kind of equal out. So um, he did a great job on the restart and, and got us where we need to be. 
Clean Air was king, uh, unfortunately, and we'll hear a lot about that uh, here more in a little bit. Competition director at Stewart House Racing, that's Greg Zipidelli. He's happy with the win, no doubt about that, but he does know that there's more to gain and more to accomplish if that organization is going to get where they ultimately want to be, which is on top of the mountain, a.k.a. better than Gibbs, better than Penske, and winning on a weekly, consistent basis. For myself, it's, uh, I mean, obviously any win in this series is, is, is important. And, um, you know, it's so important to our guys back at the shop because we have sent them in every different direction that we could. And um, they just keep working and doing what we need them to do. So, um, you know, this win is, uh, I, I think, I think it's been a humbling year for all of us. I and mean, I think it's been a frustrating year. Um, obviously, after the, the, the Cinderella year that we had last year and, our stuff fired off really good at the beginning of the year, and, and we honestly we didn't anticipate anything less than that this year. Um, but you know, in, in, in sports, that's not always the case. So um, I'm proud of everybody. I'm proud of Rodney and, and, and uh, Kevin and, and our other drivers and crew chiefs for for just pushing and voicing their opinions and, and, and allowing us to, uh, to to make things better. But I will sit here and say for everybody, I, we had we had good cars today, and I think we had better speed. But I don't think anybody should think that we're where we need to be. We we and that's the exciting part to me is we did win today because we put you know, Rodney made a great call, put Kevin in, in, in position. But I still think we can go home in our, our meeting on Tuesday and we can still make our cars better and, and uh we will make them better and, and, and be ready for the end of the year. That'll wrap things up from our race winning team. Congrats to the number four Stuart Haas racing team of Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers and company. Let's get to the rest of the field. Obviously, I was there at New Hampshire, so I was able to catch up with the top 10 finishers in the media bullpen. And Denny Hamlin came up runner-up. He was very open, honest, had a lot of candor with his account of what happened in the final couple laps. He, he legit talked to us, a group of reporters, for like 10 whole minutes. So uh, I enjoyed his account of all of it. Here's a snippet. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I stayed right with him the entire run. I just couldn't get past the arrow <laughs> you know it just was so tight behind him I couldn't break that barrier and he made one mistake I don't know if it was a mistake but he had a he made a lane choice coming to the white in the turn three and he went low and I knew right then I was like I'm gonna have a monster run coming off this corner and what do I do with it and my first instinct was to uh, just move him up one lane I, I didn't want to completely you know screw him in knock him out of the you know in the crap like like last year but I just wanted to get position and, and I got position and then um, I'm like you know that didn't work neither one of us wanted to lead we're, we're going off turn two and we're both letting off the gas nobody wanted to be in front of the other and I thought well the, where do I want to be and I thought I wanted to be behind him but little should I know I should have kept bottom and then forced him up like he forced me up off of turn four so I don't know. If I could have done it all over again, I would have. I would have done that. But you know, I tried to give myself a fair shot in turn three and four, and run the top, and really get a good run and position on him. But I should have known he was going to cut that run off, and you know, you know, kind of just turn right on us. I, I should have known that. <clears throat> when you're in the bottom, you have you have the you have the power position to knock a guy up. So uh, it was my bad choice to, to go up high, but uh, nonetheless, it was a fun race. And, and I teased the track position. That was a main factor for Denny. And the fact that the tires aren't really wearing out with this new package, that doesn't help matters either. Yeah, track position, holy cow. I mean, wow. 
it's just amazing on short tracks even how much we're talking about track position on short tracks it just wish we didn't have to do that i wish that like you had to take tires every time tires actually meant something they just they don't right now eric jones came home a quiet third place and he's sitting pretty right now to make the playoffs after a rough few weeks stretch earlier on in the summer a rough season to start but this last month and a half has been good to us getting some good stage points good finishes and that's just what we got to keep going doing going to pocono and on forward from there Stage points is important. We, we haven't done a good job this year getting the stage points. We've done a lot better job here the last month, and, and we've coupled good finishes with that. So we got to keep advancing and keep doing that. Um, but it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. Six more races, six perfect races is what it's going to take, and that's not easy to do. Matt DiBendetto, how about this? A career best finish on an oval for DiBurrito. Top five, fifth place for the number 95. He's not going to make the playoffs, but this could do wonders for the rest of the year with Levine Family Racing in terms of getting better positioning, getting better finishes, and who knows, maybe next year. There's not, It's not confirmed that he's going to be in that ride for next year, so this is a big confidence booster for not only Matt, but the team in general. Yeah, you know, we had to really focus on getting our car to turn and, and complete the corner on exit because uh, it is, it's so hard in traffic. Like, you know, uh, the track position is way more important. I, I know I've said it a lot, but... Uh, changes the way we approach our whole race and like uh, wheels made the call for two tires there at the end and it was the perfect blend of you know getting some track position but also having speed in the car and you fought aero tight a lot you know a lot worse this year than you have in years past so it just really makes you have to execute perfect my pit crew a lot of pressure on them kyle bush he won a stage stage one but encountered a little bit of damage and then he ended up getting loose and scraped the wall all by himself that's something that you don't see often from the 2015 cup series champion Wound up coming home with a top 10, but obviously was not pleased. He actually called the package the poop word later on, but I was not there for when he called it that word. So here's Kyle Busch talking about the package and how he loves it. Yeah, we had a good car all day. Just um, got into it on a restart, I guess, with a 42, and that got us damaged, and that got us behind the eight ball. We would have been on strategy with where the 11 was the whole rest of the day, but uh, we had to fix damage. Uh, yeah, our car was fast. It was good. Um, we could maneuver a little bit. The 12 was really good, too, coming up through the field there with us. But um, just, I don't know. You get damaged just a little bit, and you got to come down and fix it, and your strategy's off, your track position's off, and you can never get it back. So this package is awesome. How much of the struggles today would you attribute to track position, and then how much would you attribute to the damage? Uh, 100% to track position, probably 2%. I guess if it's 98 and then 2, how about that? I was just trying to catch the guy in front of me and throwing it down into the corners and trying to get that was the only time I could make time on people was just throwing it off in there and making time on entry and I was trying to get there and uh, just couldn't do it um, overslipped the entry and then um, it's just marbles it's ice out there that's why everybody else crashed the whole rest of the weekend Martin Truex Jr. came home with a top 10 as well start off with his thoughts on the Clint Boyer incident that happened in the end of stage two basically Clint Boyer got a little bit of loose Coming off a of turn four, got into Truex, and they both sustained some damage on the wall. Boyer ended up finishing 20th. Truex came home with the top 10. So his quick thoughts on that and then the thoughts on the day overall. I was just thinking, what the hell is he thinking? He's got to make the playoffs. That was not a smart move. Uh, we had a we had a really strong car today and, uh, you know, drove, battled, battled for the lead early. Kept getting, uh, <coughs> excuse me, kept getting stuck on the bottom on restarts, just couldn't ever get the right lane, and then, of course, we got shuffled around track position-wise, pitch strategy, and we got wrecked. So um, it was a hell of a battle back from there to finish sixth with 
the car all tore to pieces. So uh, proud of our guys. We uh, we were decent. I don't think we had a winning car, but with track position, we had a lot of speed. So just missed it a little bit, but uh, overall, decent day. Ryan No Neck Newman. God love him. He gave us some of the best quotes post-race. He called it the most fun he's had in a race car all year long. We're just saying something, I think. And now he is solidly in the playoff field if they started right now. Honestly, it's the most fun I've had all year in a race car. And that's mostly because we had a good competitive Oscar Meyer Ford. But um, I slid through the box. We had a bad coil wire. Um, we had a bunch of things that set us back. Being in a backup car starting last and I had the finish that we did. On the track, that's usually difficult to pass at, but I will say that um, I um, I did pass a few guys three wide, and that doesn't happen very often here. So proud of the team effort and uh, something to build on for sure. Something about me and, and, and the Magic Mile, I guess. I don't know. I um, today was kind of like a win, um, you know, for us to fight back from all the things that we did. Um, that I feel I feel very emotional about how well we did today, given the adversity we had in front of us. What was going through your mind when you had the engine issues? Was it kind of like, well, just got to deal with it here? And did you think you'd get it fixed? Didn't know what it was. I mean, I was thinking of ways to fix it without fixing it. And they found that they could, could fix it, physically fix it. So, um, and I was thinking of ways to help it without fixing it. So um, they did an awesome job assessing the situation. We got caught a couple breaks there with cautions. Um, did all we could to stay on the lead lap, and it worked. So um, uh, awesome job. Uh, if we would have had uh, one more decent run in there, we could have been out there racing with him for the lead but we had that um, second to last run we were just way too loose what made today so fun for you just passing a bunch of cars i mean i literally probably passed the most cars today me and knucklehead there probably passed a bunch of them some other notable finishers ryan blaney came home with a top five in fourth place joey logano ninth was never really a factor all day neither was brad keselowski even though he started from the pole and led a handful of laps he finished in 10th 11th through 15th you had eric Almarola, william byron paul menard alex bowman and chris busher Kurt Busch and Clint Boyer and Daniel Suarez finished uh, 18th through 20th, I believe. Chase Elliott, 29th, he encountered some issues, had the hood up on that number nine machine. Jimmy Johnson, 30th, same thing, he had some power steering issues. Kyle Larson, 33rd, he ended up bringing out two cautions. Ricky Sandhouse Jr., 36, he slammed the wall really hard and actually vowed for some revenge on Eric Jones because he had some contact with the 20, which cut a tire. And Daniel Hemrick finished in last. Also, I think Hendrick Motorsports is just glad to get the heck out of New Hampshire. I mean, Alex Bowman going through three cars on the weekend. First one, the drive shaft broke out of it during qualifying. Second one, he wrecked during practice. So they had to bring out Jimmy Johnson's car, strip it of all those decals and those stickers, put on Alex Bowman's livery, and thankfully he did not wreck that one in the race because that would have been a nightmare scenario. But... Byron, never really a factor. Bowman, never really a factor. Top 15 run for him. Jimmy with the issues and Chase with the issues. I think Hendricks just happy to get the hell out of New Hampshire. Let's talk Xfinity for a hot second before we move on to KNN. Christopher Bell wins and dominates the Rocksor 200 on Saturday afternoon. His fifth win of the season, now tied with Cole Custer for the most in the series. How has 2019 been for the number 20 camp? I think the season's gone really well so far. We're, um, we just need to keep clicking away here. We're going to Iowa next week, which should be another really good racetrack for us. So I uh, should have a shot at it. And then uh, after that, it's coming into a, a little bit of a, a rough stretch for me as a driver, the road courses. I love Bristol, but uh, I'm not much of a road racer. So we, we had moments where we were pretty good last year at the road courses. So hopefully we can, or I can put it all together. I know my, my cars will be good. So I'll have Kyle as a teammate at Watkins Glen and, um, hopefully I can learn some from him and be competitive. 
And also Harrison Burton, Paul Menard had that little dust up. I'm team Harrison on this one, as as most people are. Um, you know, Harrison Burton is a young driver running a partial Xfinity schedule and really good Joe Gibbs racing equipment with sponsorship from Dex Imaging this year. We know that. So he was racing Paul Menard pretty hard. New Hampshire, tough track to pass. Got into the twenty-one or the twelve, I should say, of Paul Menard in the Xfinity race a couple times. Paul wasn't having it, so well, Paul dumped him just straight up. Um, and Harrison was unfortunately not able to recover, and he ended up having to retire from the race a little bit early. So Harrison went over to Paul after the race. I mean, good for him. He's not even twenty years old. I don't think. Maybe he is. I'm pretty sure he's not though. And was talking to this veteran of the cup series and basically letting him have a piece of his mind but paul's just sitting there taking it like oh yeah i wrecked you bro for sure but that's what paul does so i'm team harrison on this one um i think that most people are but at the same time paul menard is going to stand his ground so i applaud him for that too k&m pro series east united site services 70 from new hampshire motor speedway this one's going to be a little bit quicker than usual with k&m because Honestly, there wasn't a ton that went on. Chase Cabry wins from the pole. His first win in over two, his first pole in over two years. Get that straight. And then he leads 60 of 70 laps en route to the win. His first win at New Hampshire, his second win in a row this season, his second win overall this season, and the second win of his career. How about that? Chase Cabry is on fire. He gives the credit to everybody else at the number four rev racing team. But in my opinion, the driver is about as good as he's been in a long time right now. Chase Caber, you are getting hot at the right time, my man. Second win of the season, second in a row, second of your career. What is it about this six-week stretch that's making it all work for you? Doug Howe, Glenn Parker, Sarah, Josh, those, those are the, the ones behind the scenes. They make it happen. Uh, they're nothing but the best, uh, arguably the best in the garage area. I believe it with everything in me. And... Uh, they gave me a car to go out there and, and pure dominate today, and it's uh, it makes a statement. Let's everybody know we're here to we're not here to play, we're here to win, and uh, we got to take advantage of opportunities when we get them. And uh, today was a good day for us. I feel like you might have been a little bit overlooked coming into the year. People maybe looked at your teammate Ruben as a championship threat. You got Derek, who's up there, Sam with GMS equipment, but I think this kind of reasserts yourself as you are a real championship threat, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I'd hope so. I think we're like six or seven back now. Uh, Derek was able to lead a couple laps there. Uh, made me look dumb on a restart. <laughs> uh, and I didn't do a good job getting my tires cleaned up. He drove right around me. So um, Derek's a good kid. I really like racing against him. Uh, he does a really good job at, at learning, uh, understanding how to race people on these longer races. And uh, he's a really good kid, and, and I'm happy to be battling him for a championship right now. Seemed like a little nervous at the end, though. I, I was listening to your radio. You thought something was going wrong in the rear end. What what was happening? Yeah, when I lift, it'd start, like, huckabucking, getting down into the corner. The rear end, I guess, was going out. And I didn't have power going out straight away on the last lap. And I, I was super, super nervous. I ran the bottom, like, half throttle, just trying to hold on to it. And uh, we were able to make it around to the finish. I don't know if it had another lap in it. But uh, I wanted to do a burnout, but I didn't want to tear anything up. So... Uh, just happy to be here two in a row and let's keep it going. Well, your teammate Ruben Garcia Jr., he had a problem too. He came in with like one or two to go and I don't think he was able to finish the race. So maybe it was something with the Rev Racing cars. Maybe you think you'll pinpoint that later in the year because at New Smyrna, you guys were super fast and you had a problem that you had to diagnose later on. Yeah, I just, you know, things happen. We're racing. Uh, you know, we're, we're turning these things pretty hard and um, all in all, God gave us a good day. 
good Lord above watched it over us all day long and, and gave me a car to go win. And uh, just like I said, the Ibox Springs, Max Siegel, Toyota Camry was on rails and just proud to drive it. You gained a lot of ground in the points today and next week at Iowa Speedway, a combination event. It means more drivers there, more points up for grabs. How do you feel about your chances of making it three in a row? Oh, I love Iowa. This was a track that I actually thought if I could get through this okay, we'd be in a points hunt because uh, I didn't think we were really good here. I've never run good here, and, and so to come out of here on top, uh, we'll go to Iowa with a track I think is one of my best and uh, hopefully do three in a row. He's hot. He's hot. <laughs> Sam Mayer for GMS Racing came home in second place. He ended up nipping Derek Krause at the finish line for that position, and he is still two points back of Krause in the point standings. Sam Mayer comes home second place in today's United Site Services 70. Pretty solid run for you, and you were able to nip Derek Krause at the line for the runner-up spot, which, who knows, at the end of the season could pay dividends. Walk me through your last lap, first of all. We'll go back from there. Yeah, I mean, those last couple of laps in general were pretty crazy. I was pushing as hard as I could. Uh, I can't thank everyone at GMS enough for, for putting together such a great car for me to run out here. Uh, Drivers Edge Development, Chevrolet, Chevrolet Accessories, everyone who everyone who's on board this season, I uh, can't thank them enough. But that last lap, I, I was trying to, those last couple laps, I was trying to get them just a little bit free because uh, I didn't want to do it on the last lap because uh, then I knew he would be really, really mad. But uh, I had to in the end. I, I just tried to roll to his bumper and try to get him a little free, tried to pack air, but I wasn't able to get there. And... Uh, in the last lap, I just had to go for it because I didn't want to lose any points because I knew he led some laps, uh, so that's a free bonus point right there. And I didn't want to didn't want to lose a point or uh, lose two points even. Uh, but we came home uh, second, and we didn't lose any points or he didn't gain any points, so um, it's a good, pretty good day. It seemed like almost a two horse race, a couple races into the season with you and Derek, but now with Chase winning two races in a row, and he's going to Iowa, which we, what he calls one of his favorite tracks. It seems like it might be a three horse race. Where's your confidence level at right now as a 16 year old? You're not 15 anymore. <laughs> uh, right now in your rookie season in KNN. Yeah, well, I feel like if we went to got completely screwed four wide on the start, I think we would have beaten him because uh, we were running faster than him with out of right front so um i mean i'm still confident in what the team has gms and what i have and i mean we're fast everywhere we go we're the fastest car or if not we're uh in the top three for sure uh but i think i think he's just getting too confident right now because i mean we had damage and we were just as fast as him so i think we're going to be great at iowa I, that's one of my favorite tracks too i mean honestly it's everyone's favorite uh but uh i can't wait to go there and uh hopefully go get a win we'll see you there See ya. That aforementioned Derek Krause maintains the lead by two. Uh, he finished in third place on the day. Some members of his team weren't overly thrilled with the move that Mayer pulled on the final lap because I, I was unfortunately not able to watch. But what they told me was that Sam was about four or five car lengths back on the last lap, and he just dove it in there in turns three and four, and then especially off of turn four, just doored him pretty hard to try to get that second place finish. Um, his dad was very upset. So I, I actually told Derek that somehow, someway, after starting ninth and not being great in practice, that they would wind up in the top five. He doubted me, as he says right here, but I was right. Don't doubt me, Derek Krause. Derek Krause comes home third place in today's United Site Services 70. Seemed like you had an okay car in practice, but not up to your guys' standards. And then all of a sudden, it took off and the green flag flew. What happened? Yeah, in practice, to be honest, I we did not have a good car at all. We were all scratching our heads going into going to bed on friday night so it was definitely a good run today i thought overall we 
Got to second, we got to lead a few laps. It was really fun racing against Chase Cabri for the lead. He's really a really, really clean racer, and we got to race side by side for a few laps. So it was always fun to race against people like that, and to come home with third place finish is really good for us. Did you guys do anything overnight to the car to change the handling or anything, or did it just kind of happen organically? Look at it and pray. <laughs> That's what you did. Okay, well, you came home with a solid finish. You maintained the points lead with a slight advantage. What happened on the last lap coming off of the last corner with Sam Mayer? It seems like you guys had some contact for the runner-up spot. Yeah, I mean, we, he got into me a little bit, but I guess, I don't know, I guess that's racing. That's not the first time this year. But uh, I don't know, we'll move on to Iowa. I'm really excited to go to Iowa. I feel like we're going to have a really good car. We just have to make really good adjustments on it, and we'll be there at the end of the race for sure. I told you earlier today, I felt like you guys would end up in the top five somehow, someway, because that's kind of what this 16 team does at Bill McAnally Racing. Was this kind of one of those weekends that shows you and brings confidence to you to say, look, we might not have had the best car throughout the weekend, but we are still the threat for the championship because we can get it done on days that we don't have our best stuff? Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, like, like you said, yesterday we struggled a lot in practice, and going into it today you said you'll somehow be in the top five, and I looked at you straight in the eyes and said there's, there's no way we'll be in the top five, <laughs> to be honest with you. So to come out with the top three finish, third place is Really, I considered it a win for how yesterday was going, so I just can't thank all them guys at BMR enough. Max McLaughlin third, Tanner Gray fourth, uh, or fourth and fifth, excuse me. Then you had Riley Herbst, Spencer Davis, Drew Dollar, and Colin Garrett. And then you had the three BMR cars of Lawless, Allen, Haley Deegan, and Brittany Zamora. A couple notables, Ruben Garcia Jr. finishing 14th, four laps down. He was not able to finish the race. He had some electrical or motor issues, and he was not happy climbing out of that race car. And Brandon McReynolds finishing 16th, uh, dead last, unfortunately, for him, and would have been a really cool story if he were to get to victory lane. He had a really fast car, but had a cut tire on the initial start and a couple more issues that persisted throughout the day. And his team owner, John Visconti, his father, Cookie, had passed away on the Wednesday of that race week. And they still went to the racetrack. They had some special decals honoring Cookie uh, on all the k and cards, as well as some Cup and Xfinity cars at New Hampshire as well. Let's look ahead to Pocono Raceway and Iowa Speedway. Let's start with the top, and we'll work our way down. Cup Series action at Pocono Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, NBCSN, the Gander RV 400. Stages of 50, 50, and 60 laps around the Tricky Triangle. Kyle Busch is the defending winner of this race, and he won at Pocono earlier this season. He is obviously the favorite, as he should be. PJ1 was applied and will be applied this weekend. Uh, maybe that'll help matters because... The race earlier this season was, not going to sugarcoat it, it was pretty bad. But Xfinity Series, they're going to be in the heartland of America in Iowa. The U.S. Cellular 250, Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Stages 60, 60, and 130 laps. I believe I have that right. Christopher Bell is the defending winner of the event, and he actually won here earlier this season, so he's looking to go two in a row, maybe even three. But my pick going to be Cole Custer because he's run here very well in the past and I think that Cole Custer is the class of the field right now in Xfinity on all different track types. Christopher Bell, him and Reddick are going to be the three guys 
to the end of the season at Homestead, Miami, that are going to be tough to beat. But I'll go with Cole Custer to say, who are you going to call? And he'll wind up in victory lane. Truck Series back to Pocono. Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox Sports 1. Gander RV 400. Stages of 15, 15, and 30 laps. That's a quick as hell race, if I do say so myself. Kyle Busch is a defending winner, but he will not be in it this year. I'm just going to go with Sheldon Creed to win this, baby, because why not? Let's make the truck playoff field even more crowded and crazier. What do you say? And, of course, the K&M Pro Series East and West will be in Iowa this weekend for the Casey's General Store 150, Friday around 7.30 Eastern, I believe, on FansChoice.tv. The first combination race of the season for the two series. The second one will come at Gateway Motorsports Park, or excuse me, Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway later on this summer. I've never been to Iowa. Looking forward to getting out there. Actually, as I'm recording this, uh, my flight leaves in about uh, two and a half hours. So I'll probably have to edit on the plane, but then my computer will die because it's busted. So I'll probably edit once I get to the hotel. So you're probably listening to this as I'm already in Des Moines, Iowa. So that's wonderful. Should be a fun race. I'm looking at BMR because they had a really not stellar weekend at New Hampshire besides Krause. But Haley Dean said that um, they were bringing their best car or one of their best cars to Iowa. And they kind of brought somewhat of a dud to New Hampshire. So we'll see how that pans out for them. Look, nuts of the week. Cue the music. Even though that was kind of like a weak lug nuts of the week, I woke up like not that long ago because I needed to get this podcast done because I'm, I'm in the midst of a two-week, literally 14 days straight where I'm working or traveling every single day. So, hey, man, who said who said the reporter life was glamorous, right? It's, it's grind and get what you can. No more arm's length on an uncontrolled tire. That rule has been changed. Thank the Lord. They will only be penalized if it is a safety issue or if it impedes others. So NASCAR still has some gray area and some judgment there, but it's going to be better than it was. Promise you that. If you have not seen Kevin Harvick's Gen X paint scheme for Pocono, please go look at it. It came out of nowhere. Like nobody knew about this and it is so freaking cool. Like I'm not Gen X. I'm technically Gen Z. But I mean, millennial more than more than whatever. Um, I'm buying this diecast. Like this, this is such a badass looking car. I, I love what Kevin Harvick and his team are doing with their diecast this or their cards this year, and I'm gonna have to buy all of them in diecast form. Rash Fenway Racing and Acronis, which is a cyber protection company headquartered in Switzerland and Singapore, they've agreed to a three-year deal with sponsorship. They will be the primary sponsor of Newman for three races this year, and also they'll be on the Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s car at Watkins Glen here in a couple weeks. Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, better known as SMI, they've entered a merger agreement with Sonic Financial. What does that mean? They're probably going to go private, just as ISC, International Speedway Corporation, and NASCAR did earlier this year, which would probably, hopefully, maybe, possibly allow for some more flexibility within those racetracks. Seth Barber and Mike Kelly are going to swap crew chief duties at Front Row Motorsports. David Reagan had Seth Barber and Michael McDowell, or excuse me, Matt Tift, not Michael McDowell. Uh, Matt Tift had Mike Kelly, but now Tift will have Seth Barber and Reagan will have Mike Kelly, who won two Xfinity championships with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. back in the day. Colleague Racing's Nick Harrison. He passed away 
this past Sunday morning. He was 37 years old. Super, super sad. I was literally walking through the garage area at New Hampshire, and I opened Instagram to post something on the front stretch account, and I saw Colleg Racing had a statement that said Nick Harrison had passed away in his sleep overnight. And I was just like, are you kidding me? What? And from everything that I heard at the track on Sunday and talked to a couple of drivers, I, I talked to Landon Castle for a one-on-one really not too long after the news broke. And he worked with him in the James Finch days at Phoenix Racing. He had nothing but good things to say. So um, it's really, really sad. A lot of social media tributes are pouring out all day long. And just thoughts and prayers for his family. I mean, there's nothing that can possibly help um, you know, family grieve at this time. But it's just extremely sad and, and tragic news. That's kind of a somber way to wrap things up on episode 21 of Victory Lane 2.0. But you got to do the hard thing sometimes. Please, guys, do me a favor. Rate this podcast, review it, subscribe to it. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. We got the whole nine going for us here in Victory Lane. If you're in Iowa this weekend, drop me a line. Say what's up. I'll be busy as usual, but always make some time to meet some new people and say hello. Um, I will talk to you guys next week as we recap Iowa, recap Pocono, and preview Watkins Glen International from upstate New York. Peace and love, my homies. Be good.